listening to Ingredipedia, a factual food fight where we each present three facts or anecdotes about an ingredient and battle to see who's the most interesting. And at the end, you can vote. Battle. Do you think that's a good summary? I think it's a good summary. Just you've really, you've really brought the sort of competition into it early. You've used the word battle as much mm. as the friendly. No, it's not friendly. <laughs> Um, So today we're talking about figs, mainly because in Italy, my house on the Amalfi Coast was surrounded by fig trees and I fell in love with them again. How many episodes are we going to be talking about your trip to Italy? You sure? Yeah. What are we doing next week? Oh, Pecorino. (laughs) Oh, we're doing... Yeah, right. Buffalo mozzarella. Oh, great. (laughs) Um, So where do they come from? They've been around for millions of years, apparently since the time of the dinosaurs. Um, first grown in Africa and West Asia and South Asia and around the Mediterranean Sea. Okay. I reckon their most common use is fig paste on a cheese platter, mm-hmm. would you say? Yeah, and, and in like biscuits and stuff, like yeah. fig, fig rolls and fig newtons is the US version of it. I've honestly never seen that. So, going to say it's no. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> And my favourite thing to make with figs would be eating them straight with blue cheese. Yeah, that's a good that's mm. a good mix. Cool. Um, would it impress you to know that I have a fig tree in my backyard because I bought a house from people of Mediterranean descent? And thank you for uh, the grapes and the fig tree. Look. I'm pretty jealous. Yeah. So. Because they're expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And they're really good. Well, let's battle. Okay. So not only do figs taste fucking amazing, but they truly are superfoods in the most magical sense of the word because figs aren't technically a fruit or a vegetable. They're technically a flower. So figs are flowers that bloom inwards. Instead of blooming outwards like regular flowers, they actually bloom internally. So basically a fig is a ball of flowers. And there's this awesome article on The New Yorker by Ben Craig. And it's just the greatest article ever. And you should definitely read it if you like figs because by the end you will freaking love them. I'm going to just call out the most interesting bits. So... Because figs are flowers, it still needs to be pollinated to reproduce, but bugs can't get inside like they would get into a normal flower, except for the tiny fig wasp. So this is from the article. Mother wasps lay their eggs in an unripe fig. After their offspring hatch and mature, the males mate and then chew a tunnel to the surface, dying when their task is complete. The females follow and take flight, riding the winds until they smell another fig tree. When the insects discover the right specimen, they go inside and deposit the pollen from their birthplace. Then the females lay new eggs and the cycle begins again. For the wasp mother, however, devotion to the fig plant soon turns tragic. A fig's entranceway is booby-trapped to destroy her wings so that she can never visit another plant. So when you eat a dried fig, you're probably chewing fig wasp mummies too. So, the male wasp dies for the female wasp after he chews through the fig. And then the female wasp's wings get ripped off by the fig. So it's brutal. Um, And then the other interesting point in the article was that unlike plants that fruit seasonally, figs 
um, can be found all year round and everyone eats them. Actually, over 1,200 species of animals eat figs, including birds, mammals, reptiles, and apparently fish. What? I know, crazy. Must be like a weird type of fish. I've got a goldfish and a fig tree. It sounds like (laughs) this is going to be a really long science experiment, but it's going to be worth it. Um, And they like support heaps of animals that whose other food sources like go away at different times of the year. So um, like, so they don't starve. So uh, according to a study of Uganda's Budongo forest, figs are the sole source of fruit for chimpanzees at a certain time of the year. So they kill animals, they keep animals alive. They're freaking amazing. It's the circle. <laughs> Sorry, we don't have clearance to use any Disney songs. Emily, I'm going to say three words to you. And you have to tell me if you know what I'm talking about. Doctrine of signatures. Um, I don't know what that means. It sounds like something in a births, deaths and marriages office. It does, doesn't it? But it's actually, a, it's kind of a theory and it dates back to ancient Greece. It basically states that herbs resembling herbs and vegetables and, um, but sort of it was used by herbalists, so we'll sort of say herbs, resembling various body parts can be used by herbalists to treat ailments of those body parts. So if it's shaped like your body part, it's okay. good for the body part. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, it goes back to ancient Greece and it's been used, you know, still used today by some by some people. So um, carrots cut into slices, like a slice of a carrot, looks like an eye. It's got a little middle bit. ridiculous. It's a stretch, but <laughs> carrots are good for the eyes. Kidney beans, good for the kidneys. Avocados, apparently they're shaped like a womb. Okay. They're good for your womb. Uh, walnuts, what are they shaped like? Um, like the actual nut inside the shell. Fuck, I don't know. Brains. Oh. They're shaped like a brain and walnuts <laughs> are good for your brain. Really? Uh, oh No, I mean, I'm still thinking about what, so just the walnut looks like a brain. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What does the, a walnut shell look like? Oh, they're just kind of round. They've got a sort of ridge around the middle. So is that the bit that looks like a brain? No, the bra- the actual nut oh, okay. itself. It's sort of like, I'll show you a picture later. Um, <laughs> I know what walnuts look like. Okay, great. Uh, <laughs> but we are talking about figs. Yeah. And what are figs shaped like? You're going to talk about balls, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, I am. Uh, so uh, from the, this is like a health website. It says figs are full of seeds and hang in twos when they grow. Figs increase, so as a result, figs increase the motility of male sperm and increase the numbers of sperm as well to overcome male sterility. That's what the claim is on this kind of, by the doctrine of signatures kind of principle. So is it true? Well, I went to infertility-health.org and found out that uh, for uh, increased sperm production, uh, men need folate or folic acid, uh, which is needed for sperm production count, motility, and low morphological abnormalities. Uh, Vitamin C aids in absorption. Sources, dark leafy veggies, broccoli, organ meats, which sounds kind of gross. I guess Mm. that means like kidney and stuff. Brewer's yeast. Not sure why you're getting around eating brewers. Well, I guess you're drinking beer, but then alcohol is not good for it either. Uh, Root vegetables, whole grains, oysters, salmon, milk, legumes, asparagus, oatmeal, dried figs, and avocados. 
Only one of those things look like balls. <laughs> That's true, but but figs are actually on the list, is what I'm saying. So maybe that all I'm saying is maybe maybe this ancient Greek theory that sounds like it's some sort of contract is onto something. I've been eating walnuts all week, <laughs> and I reckon I reckon I've got you this episode. We'll see about that. So for this one, I'm just going to shift my facts to the side and move straight into a product review slash love letter. I want to talk about a very good use of figs found in the freezer aisle of your supermarket. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. The Maggie Beer Burnt Fig Honeycomb and Caramel Ice Cream. Yeah, that stuff's really good. It's the friggin' best ice cream in the whole world. I remember the first day I had it. I came home from hospital and my mum's friend had... Um, put a jar of it in our freezer and my life changed that day. No longer was my favourite ice cream Buffalo Bills or <laughs> Golden Gate Times or anything like that. It was the Maggie Beer Burnt Fig Honeycomb and Caramel ice cream. So to describe it to you, it's kind of like burnt. It tastes burnt in a good way. Mm. Tastes kind of juicy, kind of creamy, kind of tart, also kind of sweet. It's just so so many flavours and it's. I think it... It has like big bits of honeycomb in it too. I can't fully recall because it's so freaking expensive. I don't buy it yeah, all I was the time. Like, I feel like we're talking about something uh, and normally when we talk about a food, you bring the food in, Em. Look, to be honest, it's in my car and I didn't <laughs> want to bring it in because I didn't <laughs> want to give you any. You didn't want to share. <laughs> yeah. What if I hadn't ever tasted it before and I was like, oh, I don't know. What do you think? Is it? Uh... I would have lied and said, oh, yeah. buy it. Okay, thanks. really appreciate that. <laughs> um, But the only... So I love Maggie Beer. I think she's a genius. Oh, Cooking the Chef was my favourite TV show when I stayed home from school as a kid, as a high school student. Maggie and Simon, just like yeah. if if we can be like Maggie and Simon one day, that will be amazing. They're, they're so good. Maggie and Simon, if you're listening, we love you. <laughs> but the only problem with Maggie's recipes I've found out through the years that I've tried to cook some of them is every up. fucking thing has verjuice in it. Yeah. <laughs> And no matter how many times you type into Google substitute for ver juice or turn it to ver juice, you can't even work out what it is, let alone what the hell actually to substitute it for. No. Um, so, yeah, she actually makes and sells ver juice. So she's super smart, cornered the market, and is responsible for its popularity in modern cooking. Um, maybe we should do an episode on ver juice one day, well, by the way. I think we could only do ver juice if we got Maggie on. Yeah. Because otherwise we'd be like, this is a substitute. (laughs) This is a substitute. Um, Do you think either of us would be able to talk if Maggie was in the studio? No, I would be flailing around on the floor. uh, (laughs) Um, But back to the ice cream. Had a look at the ingredients list and guess what it has in it? Verjuice. (laughs) It's in the ice cream. She literally puts it in everything. And to be honest, it's probably the reason why it tastes so good. And no one can ever replicate it. Um, and so on the website, there was for the Maggie Beer ice cream, um, there was an unmarked video on the p- page. So it doesn't really say like, it doesn't have a title. I thought it might be just like an ad for it or something. So I hit play. So if you line up 17 seconds. Okay. In case you want to do something a little more special. This is one of my favorite things that I learned traveling in Italy, in Sicily in particular, hot brioche, and you just open the hot brioche 
don't cut it, just pull it open. And hot brioche, frozen, but almost malleable ice cream. And you have the best sandwich for breakfast you could ever have. <laughs> breakfast! breakfast. Maggie! Ice cream for breakfast? Yes, when you I want ice cream for breakfast. Well, you can do it here. It's it's fine. It's it's perfectly acceptable as long as it's in a hot brioche. Yeah, I didn't think ice cream could get any better. And then she goes and puts it in a hot brioche bun and eats it for breakfast. <sighs> what a goddess! Okay, I'm gonna go gonna go back in the way back machine to a time when there was no such thing as swearing on TV in Australia, the 1980s. So when Coming to America was on Channel Nine and Eddie Murphy was meant to say fuck. He would be overdubbed saying frig or frick or fig in order to stop it from being too rude for the good people of Australia. Um, But it turns out that the weird Channel 9 senses overdubbing Tom Cruise or Eddie Murphy or John Candy. Actually, did John Candy swear? I feel like he was too clean cut. Anyway, saying fuck. They were tapping into some pre-80s history and potentially tapping into something even ruder. So... Basically, the, the Oxford English Dictionary says that uh, a fig can be anything small or valueless or contemptible. So just that's why you say, I don't give a fig. It's like I don't care anything for you because you're just like a little tiny in- insignificant thing. Even though figs are the most significant thing. True. Um, this usage of fig goes back to the earliest days of modern English or the end of Middle English. So to care a fig is to care almost nothing. Not to care a fig or give a fig is to care nothing at all. So that's kind of pretty tame. But if you kind of push even further, you realise that the saying to not give a fig is based on the Spanish fico, which means fig, which gave its name to a traditional gesture of contempt made by placing the thumb between the first and second fingers. This gesture was common in Shakespeare's time and was known as the fig of Spain, and it's meant to emulate rude lady parts. So the um, fico or fig or the fig gesture was kind of like, it's like the rudest thing you can do in um, parts of Italy and Spain. It's like worse than the middle finger. Um, it's like, yeah, e- emulating some, some very rude lady parts. So what the Channel 9 censors didn't realise in the 1980s, or maybe they did, was that to give a fig might be even ruder than what Eddie Murphy was originally saying. I can only imagine where your third fact is going to go after testicles, vaginas, and then what? <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> I should have saved something to the end. <laughs> so, did you watch much of the Olympics, Ben? A little bit. Mm. A little bit. Um, my, my kid was, uh, my kid Walter was very into it. He was uh, watching. He liked watching the athletics and then pretending to sprint up the hallway like a sprinter. Cute. Um, I saw a little bit of it, and I, especially at the end, when there was a bit of controversy about the Australian athletes and whether they'd won enough medals or mm. not. And I think maybe I've cracked the secret into how we can get them to win more medals. We need to get our athletes caring about winning medals again. So I think what's needed is we need to revert back to the medals used in the ancient Olympics in Greece, where figs were actually used as Olympic medals. <laughs> you think that's a better yes. incentive than like gold and, <laughs> and money and sponsorships mm. and endorsements? Yeah. Just figs. Yeah. 
So on the California Figs website, it says, as a token of honour, figs were used as a training food by the early Olympic athletes and figs were also presented as laurels to the winners at the first, as the first Olympic medals. And then also in a book called 75 Remarkable Fruits for Your Garden by Jack Storb, it says Greek athletes were fed almost entirely on figs as it was believed they increased both strength and swiftness. So you win a race, you get more figs, you get stronger. This can only continue and you just keep getting better and better and better. Their sperm counts must have been through the <laughs> roof as well. Um, so the ancient Olympic Games in Greece had a f- only had a few events. So there was running events, a pentathlon, which consisted of a jumping event, discus, javelin throws, a foot race and wrestling. And then there was also boxing, wrestling, pancration. I don't know what that is. <laughs> I didn't look it up. Sounds painful. Um, and a question. So all these winners probably got figs. So I'm not only saying that this can be a way to um, motivate Olympic athletes, but it's a way to motivate normal people to exercise. So fuck couch to 5K. Fuck off your Fitbit. <laughs> Don't watch The Biggest Loser. It's all about figs. So seriously, if you put a medal in front of me and told me to run the tan, I would never do that. I've never run the tan before. <laughs> put a plate of figs in front of me say, you can have that if you run the tan and I will make it around the tan, even though my dad says I run like a kangaroo. <laughs> Are you using this podcast as a forum to launch Emily Naismith's fig workout? <laughs> Is that what great. you're saying? Um, yeah. Couch to... Catch to 1K. Fig, fig to 5K. <laughs> Stand under a fig tree. <laughs> okay, we've been talking a lot about figs. It is the fig episode. But what happens when there is no figs? I want you to cast your mind back to the great fig shortage oh, God. of 2008. Really? Well, apparently, I don't remember it. It happened, <laughs> it was very localized. It seemed to happen in just small parts of the United Kingdom for about a week in 2008. But you know when you're sort of just searching around for facts about a fig and you're having a bit of trouble finding something because Emily's <laughs> taking all the good facts. And I, I just happened upon like story after story, the fig roll shortage and the fig shortage of 2008. There was like this huge spike in news. So are you talking about like a fig roll? Is that like a That's like a biscuit. That's a biscuit that's... Um, That's what you mentioned before. Yeah, like a Fig Newton kind of Fig Roll kind of thing, the the UK version. So this is an article from the Daily Mail. And uh, you might like the first line, uh, tying all my facts together. Some may not give a fig. (laughs) Very good, Daily Mail. But for thousands of sweet tooth shoppers, there's a major disappointment in store. Fig Roll production is slumped because there's a severe shortage of the fruit. The problem has been blamed on a drought in Turkey, the UK's main supplier. So there was a drought in Turkey. There was a lack of figs. And then there was a poison scare. Um, there were traces of a poison known as aflatoxin, which has been found in consignments, at which, which was found in consignments of the product. Uh, and the poison comes from a natural mold in figs. So like all of the figs that were there got sort of junked um, and were unable to be used in production. So what that meant was that, um, and I've seen photos online. I was looking for some video that I could share with you guys or a news story, but it was like, it was bedlam because there was like one tiny part of the shelf that was empty where the fig rolls were meant to go. Uh-huh. And then this it just seemed like a very localized, very short 
kind of explosion of news stories about this, which, which would say things like this. In recent weeks, Sainsbury's went as far as putting up notices explaining the shortage of figs to customers. Like they've gone a really long way there. And various internet discussion groups made, made reference to the shortage of fig rolls. And I looked around and I actually found the various internet discussion groups they're talking about. One of them was quoted in The Guardian, uh, in a column in The Guardian. Um, the website's called Digital Spy, and it's on the forums on these... Digi- it's like digging back. I love going back into message rooms from 2008. It's like, uh, it's, it's like the modern equivalent of like microfiche in a library. Um, but this is this is one of the the uh, this is the uproar that was happening in the various internet discussion groups, and this is about as as harsh as it got. Just got back from Waitrose. The man told me that two weeks ago he'd been told to take the price off the uh, price ticket off the shelf. Seems like fig rolls are no more. Well, for the foreseeable future, anyway. And then there's just a space, and it says, "I bought some Fox's Choc Millionaires instead." <laughs> so that was the great fig shortage of 2008. It seemed to be in the papers for about four days based around a few posts on the Digital Spy forum that about four people read. But thanks to the magic of the internet, we can still read about it and I can still tell you about it on a podcast when I'm really, really short of things to say about figs. All right, so what did we talk about? I talked about figs actually being flowers. I talked about the uh, doctrine of signatures talked about my love of Maggie Beer and her amazing ice cream. I talked about swearing. Then I talked about figs being used as Olympic medals. Then I talked about the great fig shortage of 2008. So you can vote for one of us on Instagram. Uh, go to Ingridopedia. There'll be a picture with M's facts and a picture with my facts. And double click and do the little hearty thing on the one that you like the most. You should maybe also review us on iTunes. We don't really ask for that. Much. Yeah, yeah. But um, but we're back at season yeah. two. I feel like we've really got to climb the charts because that that two or three months we took off, we would be just yeah. thousands of ranks below the thousands we're usually ranked. I, I feel like the internet has forgotten us. So if you could, mm. yeah, um, like, share, review, um, and, and get us back up those charts, we'd really appreciate it. Thanks for listening. <laughs>